Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode on the pod. This one's going to be a little bit different, as you guys probably noticed the last many episodes have been a response to some sort of question that you guys shared in the DMs or on my Instagram story. But this one, we're going to do a bit of a 2022 recap on where I'm at in my food and body journey. Just just to share in case anyone's interested to hear. I think mainly, you know, you hear a lot online about those first few weeks or months of like intuitive eating or food freedom or working on your body image and you know the exciting updates like oh I haven't binged in a few weeks or I can finally go do this go out to a restaurant and it all feels normal or or like kind of getting to those points and I just thought it would be interesting for you guys to hear someone who's quite further ahead than those initial steps so let's say roughly 2018, mid-2018, that I really started to reach food freedom and start to work on that and improve my body image. So that's 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. So it's like four and a half-ish years of being in this state now. So yeah, just going to share what it's like for me. I think I did an episode like this maybe for 2020 or 2021, so you can always go back and look at that. I'll put it in the show notes as well, just to see, you know, different stages like how things continue to change and what it might look like for you or obviously yours could be totally different but just thought it'd be interesting to see that view. Before we go into that I just want to start off by announcing that if you've been thinking of joining either the 30 Day Reboot, Body Love Academy or SFL Sustainable Fat Loss in just a few days I'll be launching a huge sale end of year sale start I think it's going to start on the 31st of December and it's going to last a few days into the new year. And it's going to be 30% off any of those courses, all of those courses. So if you've been thinking of signing up, that's going to be the best time to sign up. And by the way, if you've been thinking like, okay, I'm definitely going to do 30 day reboot, might do SFL later, you can always get that and at that discounted price and hold on to it until you're ready to start. I know someone did that in the last sale. And another heads up, I only run three sales a year. So, and they're all pretty evenly spaced. So um, this is definitely a good time to jump in. Don't wait around for another sale to come around. All of the details, the discount code, the the dates, the end date, it's all gonna be shared on my Instagram stories. And if you're sign up to my email newsletter, you will be getting emails as well over those few days. So keep an eye out for that. So now let's get into this episode. I'm gonna go through where I'm at in my food and body journey. I'm gonna split it up by food and then body just to kind of add a bit of structure to this. So let's start with food. First thing, no binging in 2022, which is pretty cool, but also feels pretty normal to me because it's just not who I am anymore. It's like, as I said, four and a half years, almost half half a freaking decade ago. So it seems like honestly a past life now. And it's just, it would be bizarre for me to binge like, the way that I used to where it was just like this like 
super hyped up moment, like this adrenaline racing, mouth watering, can't wait to tear open the food or for the pizza to be delivered. And then I like put on that Netflix show and just go through that food so quickly, way beyond the point of fullness, feeling like disgusting and stuffed and sick and like regretful. That is just not happening anymore. So that's cool to hear. And what else? As you guys might've seen, on social media. I moved to Barcelona in Spain in April this year. So that's obviously been a new life change, which can influence potentially things to do with like food or exercise. So I think in regards to that move, how it's affected my food relationship, I would say one is the food here is slightly different to what I had in London in that, um, particularly like in the supermarkets, there's less for me, snack variety <laughs> because um yeah the the snacks that I used to like in the UK in London well it was more like dessert type snacks so in London you know you go to the supermarket and you can get those goo pots which are just like these little glass pots of like maybe like a cheesecake or caramel cheesecake or a chocolate fondant or something and they don't really have that here that I've seen at least um, which obviously makes it like probably easier to be a bit healthier in Spain <laughs> but it just means I have less snack variety so I, I feel like I don't like that because um, yeah it's just more boring and yeah so that's one thing just less snack variety I only have like two or three snacks which I don't really like having only two or three snacks that's one thing and then uh, actually a big thing since we moved to Spain my boyfriend who I live with here goes into the office like four days a week and then in London it was maximum like one day a week so that's actually been a huge change and if that had happened to me like earlier in my food recovery journey I definitely would have been on more more on edge about it because I'm sure for you guys potentially as well um you know it's kind of a anxiety point where when you're still binge eating or you're still struggling with food, sometimes like being alone is that is a trigger. It's like a time where, oh my God, finally, oh my God, everyone's gone. I can just binge in peace. I can eat this food in peace without any judgment. And it gets to a point where you don't really trust yourself to be alone. I know when I was, you know, back in those days, I'd also, I'd look forward to periods of time when I knew that I just wouldn't be alone. For example, when I'd go on holiday, like for Christmas back home, I knew I'd be surrounded by people 24-7 for like two weeks, let's say. And that was a relief for me because I was like, okay, I'm not going to binge in those two weeks. Of course, by the time I got home after the two weeks, I was just like burning, like dying to binge. It was just all building up inside of me. But yeah, the point is I didn't trust myself being alone and I try to find ways to not be alone at times. So then the thought of, you know, living now in a flat when if my boyfriend was like he is now going to the office most days a week and I'm just alone all that time. Obviously I don't work with anyone, I'm not in an office. So that would have been a time for me that would have definitely tested me a lot. But now being several years into this new food freedom state, it's definitely less stressful. Though I do find that it does lead to boredom eating, that's for sure, that's for sure. I think that's probably one of my main uh, challenges or obstacles that I faced this year moving to Spain, just much more boredom eating. I definitely did have that back in London as well, even when my boyfriend is at home, like, you know, I don't know, 3pm comes around and I'm like, oh, 
let's get a little pick me up and just go have a snack. Not not because we're hungry at all, but just to like give a bit of, I don't know, inject a bit of excitement in some way into the day. So it's not new, but it's definitely more now. And I'm definitely trying to work on that. And what else, what else, what else? Let's see. Food relationship wise, um, there was actually a big thing that I did this year and it just, I just finished it four days ago on December 16th. So I, going back to, okay, yeah, let's go back to the boredom eating. I was definitely finding the last few months in particular, a lot more boredom eating and I wanted to do something about that for sure. And I did notice that most of the foods I was eating while I was boredom eating were just like sugary snacks, like Nutella or cookies or cakes or whatever. And that's like fine for me to eat, but it was getting to a point where I was like, you know what, this is not, this is not ideal. I don't want to be eating this much sugary like desserts. So I thought, let's take some action. And um, actually, you know what, it was getting to the point where I felt like I had to have something sugary after lunch and dinner, at least dinner. And I was like getting to a point where it would be hard for me to not have something sugary for like two days in a row, let's say. And I was trying, I was like, okay, let's just do like, you know, a week, let's just not have as much or any of this sort of dessert stuff. If that was me four plus years ago, while I was really in a struggling place with food, that phrase of let's not have any sugary stuff the next week probably would have been stemming rooted from a much different place like different motivation back then it was probably like oh my god like we've binged on two giant jars of nutella lately like today and we're panicked like we're already so much heavier than we want to be we need to just cut this out cut this out you're not allowed anymore like it was a very forceful energy but me saying it a few months ago when i was just noticing this uptick in the amount of sugary stuff i was eating and then being like let's just dial back on that it was definitely coming from uh a caring place like a loving place genuinely and I I was getting to a point where I was like you know what I this is not food freedom because I do not feel free right now I feel like the sweet stuff the desserts are ruling me like they have control right now because as I said I was getting to this point where like I felt like I couldn't even go one or two days without seriously craving something sugary like it was like really tough for me to not have something sugary and I really didn't like that feeling like I wasn't the one in control it was this craving this this like habit and so it wasn't coming from a place of um mental restriction like as I said not nothing forceful it was like I just want to I want to take my power back I really didn't feel like I was actually in a place of food freedom in this element of things and I wanted to prove to myself that I could break this habit and I was the one who was in charge of what I was eating and not these cravings, not this habit to eat sugary stuff. And so I was like, you know what? I'm absolutely done with this. Like we, we've got to show ourselves that we can break this habit, that we are in charge. So I was like, I think it was like November 13th. Let's do a month of like no desserts, take my power back, prove to myself that I can do this. And of course, like after the third day, it's just like, do whatever you want again. But I just wanted to prove myself. And uh, I was actually shocked at how kind of easy it was to complete that 30 days of no desserts. So 
don't get me wrong, there were probably at least once a day I was like, ooh, yeah, right now I'd like a cookie or I'd like that. Or if we're at a restaurant, like, ooh, look at that thing on the menu. Yes, I would probably have that. But then I was always just like, you know what? It can wait. We can do 30 days in our life without dessert. And if we can't, it probably shows me that, um, yeah, I, I don't have food freedom. If I can't go 30 days without a certain food, as long as that food is not a necessity like to your health, like obviously if you're saying 30 days of no carbs, then yeah, it's fine if you can't succeed in that because you really do need carbs. But this is just like a total non-necessity in my diet, desserts, refined sugar. And so yeah, um, I was really surprised at how doable it was. And for anyone who's actually interested in this, and actually wait, hang on a second. Before I go into tips on how I did it, I first want to say I don't advise anyone to do this sort of thing if you're still really struggling with food freedom and like binging and yo-yo dieting and everything, um, because I think it would probably come from this place of urgency and desperation and um, force, like I was describing earlier. I'd really only recommend doing this once you're much further into food freedom and uh, you know genuinely it's just it's coming from a different energy okay let me get my phone open because I had a note on my phone that I basically before I did this 30 days I was like okay this is just a behavior change like um, changing a habit so how can we make this as likely as easy as possible make it super likely for me to succeed at this 30 days of no desserts so first off, okay, so in the notes, reading it out, I said, like, what does it mean? Like, defining what is no desserts. I didn't want to go, like, full on, like, no sugar, you know, where there's sugar in, like, ketchup or sweet sweet and sour sauce or, you know, tomato sauce. Um, I just wanted to do, like, no desserts because that was the main thing. I was just feeling like every day I needed a dessert. Otherwise, I would feel like something was lacking and I had this tension inside of me, like, I want a dessert. And I was also okay with those, like a dessert, if it's something completely natural, like dates, for example, dates with some nut butter, that's fine. So yeah, just, just like processed, cooked, whatever, desserts. And then I gave myself these three mantras that for me just felt personal, personally, like they would be helpful. And obviously if you're doing this, if you're at the right stage in your journey to do something like this, those mantras can be more personal to you. So first one was one day at a time, just taking that thing, this whole 30 day thing, one day at a time. Otherwise, I think in the past when I've tried similar things, like 30 days just seems huge. You know, in that first or second day, the first moment you have this craving, you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to hold this off. I'm not going to be able to do this for 30 more days. So I was just like, you know what? One day at a time. Second mantra was this feeling will pass, which this one uh yeah this one was probably the second most helpful mantra and yeah it was just to help me get through those moments where you're having that feeling after dinner or you know you're having that desire for a dessert and just reminding yourself you know just like any other emotion it's gonna pass it's not gonna be there forever so even if it feels super strong right now and you really want to you know indulge or give yourself that thing it's gonna pass and then the third one was definitely the one I used the most I probably used it once every other day or so I am stronger than my cravings really, really helped because as I said, the whole reason I started this 30 day no desserts thing was, um, yeah, I just felt like my cravings were stronger than me. 
that I was always giving into it. I was finding it really hard to not give into it. And uh, yeah, also, by the way, I just want to clarify when I say like, you know, I was craving something sweet after every meal. And I, I'm not saying that it's not okay to always satisfy that craving. I'm just saying for me, it felt like it was becoming a necessity. Like I couldn't not do it. So yeah, I'm stronger than my cravings really, really helped. It just made me feel like, you know, I'm the one taking charge again. I get to choose what I want to eat. And it's not just this like feeling or not the desserts have this hold over me basically. And then I made a list. How can I make it impossible to fail? So number one was just always have some dates or something that still, you know, it feels like a little bit of like a dessert kind of vibe in the fridge, which actually, by the, by the way, by the end of the 30 days, I was completely sick of dates. <laughs> I was like alternating between like bananas and nut butter or dates with nut butter or all three combined. And by the end, I was just like, I really, I can't even bother. I just wasn't having, having any of it anymore. Another thing to make it impossible to fail was give yourself some sort of replacement behavior for when that craving, that desire to eat the dessert comes up. As I said, a common time for me is like 3 to 4 p.m. when I want that sweet dessert. So I just was like, you know what? <laughs> this sounds so stupid. But I've been trying to learn how to do a handstand for like the last six months or something. So I was like, you know what? That's just gonna be my time to do like 10 minutes of handstand practice. And I did do it quite often, actually improved my handstands quite a lot over this month. I'll, I'll say so myself. <laughs> and then, yeah, another one I said was after dinner, you can have a tea to just have that feeling of like completeness that usually the dessert would give me. I actually didn't end up doing that because I'm just not that into tea. <laughs> and then, yeah, focus on one day at a time, which is basically going to that mantra that I had one day at a time. Celebrate each day's success, which I did most days because in this note I actually had a checklist of like all of the 30 days listed out and then each day I would tick it off some days like three days would go by and I'd even forgotten to tick them off and I'd like go to the note and tick three off at a time which felt pretty cool because it was just showing like it's getting easier and I was also celebrating because I was telling my boyfriend about this challenge and so I was like letting him know oh my god I've already done seven days I've already done 10 days and he would like give me a high five and stuff and then another way to make it impossible to fail, I was just reminding myself, like, remember, it's only going to get easier as each day passes, which, yeah, I would say that's pretty much true. Also, ensure that I'm having three satisfying, well-balanced meals every day. That was definitely important to me. Um, yeah, I wanted to get more protein in as well. And then take vitamins as well, just to make sure that, just to make sure that those sugar cravings, maybe they were coming up because of some sort of a deficiency, vitamin, mineral, whatever it was, nutrient deficiency. So I was like, you know what, let's just try to ensure that that's not the case by making sure we have all of our vitamins. And that actually goes back as well to the three satisfying meals a day just to make sure, yeah, I'm getting lots of nutrients in. And then the last tip for me on how to make it impossible to fail was what salty snacks can I start having? Because I'm not really a salty snack person, like at all, pretty much. And uh, so I was like, maybe we can just change it a little bit. Like I'm, you know, after the 30 days, I'm fine to be, or during the 30 days even, like I'm fine to be having snacks and stuff, but I just wanted to reduce this like need to have some dessert every day. So I was stocking the kitchen with some salty snacks as well, which actually really did help. 
so yeah and then under that I just as I said I had a checklist for all of the dates in the month in the 30 days and tick them all off on my one and yeah that's what I had in my notes that's how I did it I felt really proud of myself after I felt like I felt like it was actually one of my biggest achievements in the year. And that just goes to show how intense my dessert cravings had gotten. Like the fact that that was one of my biggest achievements in the year. And I actually really wanted to share this with you guys as I was going through it on social media. But I kept having in the back of my mind, like, I know a lot of you are way at a different part in your journey and that, you know, not having desserts for a month could do the complete opposite. I know for me, like literally when I was in my intense binging days, I did say to myself, okay, no more desserts for a month. Like you're not allowed anymore from a different energy, but like it always backfired and it, it made things even worse. So I didn't want to talk about it on social media too much because of that reason, like not, probably not what people need to be hearing too much. But I'm just putting it out here because I have a chance to explain it a little bit more fully so you guys understand like I'm at a different part in the journey, coming from a different energy and uh, yeah. So hopefully that was interesting to hear. And oh yeah, so after I did the 30 days, actually like 7 to 10 days in, I was already seeing changes. Um, so as I said, the main reason I did it was because I, I felt like the desserts had control of me. It wasn't food freedom. And I want to take my power back. So that definitely did happen. But it also coincided with a point where my stomach had gotten so bloated for me. Like, I I really have this intense bloating. And <clears throat> I'll talk about it in the next section once I get to the body side of things. But basically, about seven days into the no desserts, that bloating was completely completely gone like the flattest I've ever seen my stomach and as I said I was eating the three satisfying big meals I was definitely eating enough and everything but it just it kind of showed me I was like uh maybe all of this refined sugar I'm putting in myself every single day is contrib contributing to at least like a lot of this bloating and you know if it's con contributing to bloating I wonder what else it's contributing to I did think that I might see my skin got a bit better in that month. Not to say that I feel like my skin is like a huge problem area, but um, I think it, was, it stayed about the same. And I was also curious to know how it might have been affecting my hormones because my PCOS, um, I think it's quite related to diet and how it affects your hormones. So I'm curious um, to know if, for example, this next period I have is going to be like a healthy period, regular and low PMS you know, symptoms and everything. But anyway, we'll see that hopefully in a few days. And how else did it? I, I did hope that I would see that it might change my sleep quality, which didn't see anything significant with that. Um, especially because I usually eat that dessert after dinner. So like fairly close to bedtime, this big sugar hit coming in. I didn't really see much of a change. The main change really was, yeah, I just felt like, okay, I can stick to my word. I don't always have to have desserts. Like, I have proved myself that there's another way and, like, I have the control now. So, yeah, that's one 
that's probably the biggest thing that happened in my food relationship this year. A few other smaller things in my food relationship. Um, definitely some conscious improvements that I wanted to make to my diet. So essentially behavior changes. I wanted to get more cruciferous vegetables in like cauliflower, broccoli, kale, Brussels sprouts, which I feel like I did. Uh, there's still more room for improvement, but I thought it was pretty cool this, this year that I actually found a way to add cruciferous vegetables, namely uh, cauliflower, into my morning smoothies. I posted this on my stories and half of you were like, that's disgusting, I'm never gonna do that. And then half of you were like, oh my God, that's so cool. And uh, yeah, if you told me a year ago that I would have cauliflower for breakfast, I'd be like, what the F? But I swear to God that you cannot taste it. I mean, I only put like one or two florets in, so nothing major. And you know, like the berry flavor just completely, the berry and banana flavor just completely takes over. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Just getting some cauliflower for breakfast and uh, other conscious improvement I've been trying to make, just more veggies overall. And as aforementioned, less sugar. And uh, yeah, I'm all of these really were about A, just general health, but B, you may have heard in past podcast episodes that I was having some period issues this year. And just in the research I'd been doing, these were all sort of suggestions made to alleviate those issues. So yeah, that was the main reason for that. And uh, something just popped in my mind, by the way, going back to the 30-day thing of no desserts, another reason, aside from the fact that I was having period issues and that I felt like out of control with these cravings, another reason or another sort of um, catalyst, let's say, for this idea to do this was three or four months ago when I started doing one-to-one Spanish lessons online, my Spanish teacher in lesson three, let's say, one of the things she asked was like, oh, what do you like to do? What do you like to eat? Just asking me questions to use this phrase of like, me gusta, da, da, da. And at one point, I forgot the exact context, but I was like, I like cake, let's say. And she, was, she said, oh, and how often do you eat cake? I think something like that. And I was like, oh, I eat it every day. And she was shook. She was like, what? You eat it every day? And like, we're laughing. It's like silly. But I was just like, wait. Is this, is this like that shocking? Like, am I, is my new normal just so different to what is normal for someone else who's not feeling so hooked with desserts? And it, yeah, it stuck in my mind for a few months. I was like, wow, like it really, it floored her. She was shook. She was like, oh my God, every single day, what? You have it every day. And it kind of reminded me as well back in Jan, 2022, I had to go to Zurich for a few weeks to look after my dad. He was having like some back issues. And there, similar to Spain, way harder to get more, like to have choice of takeaway desserts in supermarkets. It's just like way more boring, way more boring things that you can buy in the supermarket than the UK. And I'm sure USA, Canada is probably like 10 times more choice and fun stuff than the UK. But yeah, those two weeks in Zurich, I, the only dessert I was really having was again, like dates and just like some chocolate, like lint chocolate from the store. There wasn't anything like these amazing, divine, like delicious desserts, like in the UK, in the US, 
um, and even in the supermarket, as I said, in the UK, you can just get like slices of cheesecake, slices of carrot cake, like really easily. Wasn't like that in Switzerland or Spain. So yeah, it just got me thinking, you know, <laughs> what is, I don't know, like, is my, my view of how often is normal to eat desserts completely swayed because I live in the UK versus somewhere like Spain or Switzerland? And by the way, Spain, they also have, I think it's like the fourth highest life expectancy in the world. Like they have a, they have a healthy lifestyle. Even their general food is just pretty simple. So yeah, I was like, maybe I should get more into the Spanish perspective of things. And um, so yeah, that my Spanish teacher, thanks to her, I did the 30 days of no dessert. So yeah, back to the other things. Um, so I made the conscious improvements regarding cruciferous vegetables, veggies, sugar, and just in general, mostly listening to my fullness cues. And though I gotta say in general, I don't even think that's something that I do all the time. I think it's more that I just know how much food I'm gonna need. It's not like I'm like eating and then I stop halfway through and leave the plate half full because I've gotten to my full, full point. I think I just know my body so well that I serve the amount of food that I just know I'm gonna need. So it's not like I'm eating, I'm like, oh, where am I on the hunger scale? Am I at seven out of 10? Am I at eight? Maybe I should stop now. I just eat the whole plate because I, I usually just portion exactly what I need and I just know intuitively by now. So that's all pretty easy. And yeah, I'd say overall, it's really to a point now where food, uh, even though it's something I really love, like definitely a foodie, love my food. It's not something that I'm just, you know, thinking about all the time and planning and trying to figure out how much I need to eat and what I need to eat. So it's actually making it hard for me now with my Instagram account because, you know, if I was early in the journey, I would be posting like different meals and saying, you know, obstacles I've overcome with food freedom and how this dish I stopped halfway because I was already full and whatever. I'm I'm finding it hard to actually share my thoughts on Instagram stories about my day-to-day food life because I'm not even thinking about it anymore. That's how far I am through it, that it's just, it's not what's on my mind to, in that moment, okay, wait, stop what I'm doing, take a photo, share this kind of thought that's going on in my mind. So yeah, I'm definitely, I'm having to be much more conscious about sharing stuff on Instagram stories. I'm gonna pause right there for a minute to share something with you. So if you've been listening so far and feel like you're ready to start your recovery journey with me, I've got the perfect springboard. That is my free masterclass, Why You're Still Binge Eating and How to Stop. It's a 35 minute free video masterclass where I'll walk through all of the reasons you might still be binging. Then I'll give you three actionable steps to stop binge eating. So if you're looking for actual results in your life, want to never binge again, trust me, I know the feeling. I was stuck for 10 years doing that then head to the show notes to get instant access today. I'll also gift you something for joining me at the masterclass, but I'll leave that surprise for you to find out for yourself. Life is just so damn short and it's not worth feeling so miserable, unhappy, unhealthy with binging taking over. So watch the masterclass today to start your new life. Okay, let's get back into the show. So yeah, that's food side of things everything I can kind of think of the main highlights and then body let's move on to that 
So I think it was in my last recap, which as I said, 2020 or 2021, where I was saying most of my work at that time was on my body image, because I usually feel as, you know, with myself, but with other clients I've seen as well, the food side of things usually, you know, fixes up faster than the body image side of things, because I think the body image side of things is, uh, it's a lot more deep. It's really like your belief systems. And it's usually the thing that caused the food issues. So it's really the root and it can take longer to, you know, rip that root out. So this year though, I'll say definitely much better. I can see improvement com coming along, much less concerned or bothered about my body, my weight and any changes that happen. Um, I do remember back when I did that podcast a few years ago, I had mentioned body checking. I was definitely still working through it at that time. That's for sure gone um, completely, which is pretty cool. And I would say the only time that I sort of face an obstacle this year in terms of body image, or the, let's say the biggest time, because there's definitely all different moments throughout the year where you have that like one little insecurity pops into your head and you feel down for a few minutes. But I'm saying like a big thing that I had to face was in October, as, as I was, so this is related to the 30 day no dessert thing. This is one of the things that made me want to do that month was that I was visiting London and suddenly I was just so bloated. Like I was saying to my mom and sister, like, this is wild. It was mainly my stomach area and I felt like my thighs is my upper thighs. And I've never been bloated like that in my life. Like I'm not someone who typically faces bloating as a common issue, but it was to such a point where I was like uncomfortable in my jeans. These jeans that by the way, I had bought a few months ago as like baggy jeans. And I couldn't even, I was like walking around the house all day with these jeans unbuttoned and zipped down. Like just walking around the house like that because it was so, I was so bloated. And it felt like it came on pretty fast. So I was like, okay, it's probably just, you know, eating something or um, maybe that time, like sometime in the month with hormones. I don't know, something's probably going on because it seemed to just pop up out of nowhere. And uh, so I was like, okay, it's probably just bloating. Like, let's just chill out. But then a few days went by and it was just like still like so much bloating. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe this is just actually fat. <laughs> like maybe it's just fat and I'm just like, uh, trying to make an excuse for it that it's just it's bloating maybe it's just fat and like that's fine if we've gained weight like that's cool and because I was also thinking maybe it is fat because my thighs are also feeling it too and I usually feel like when I'm bloated it's mostly just like the stomach area so yeah um so I was like torn like is it fat is it bloating and as I said I don't really weigh myself uh too often so it's not like I could be like oh what do I weigh now have I gained have I gained weight that could help me, you know, know if it's um, fat, for example. But I didn't do that. And then either way, whether it was fat or bloat, um, I was just feeling really uncomfortable. Like these jeans were expensive. Just bought them as baggy jeans recently. I didn't really want to have to buy new ones. So I was like, what are we going to do about this situation? And I did notice another thing I told my mom and dad, my mom and sister, was that recently I had been bored and eating quite a lot, as I said earlier in the episode, moving to Barcelona, a lot more alone time, particularly in the last few months, just like noticeably more boredom eating and on dessert type foods. So I thought, you know what, uh, if that's the case, we can definitely do something about that. We can, you know, alleviate the boredom or we can 
work through um, how we face boredom, make our lives more interesting, whatever. But I got to say, and I'm going to be real with this, at first, after a few days of, you know, just hoping it's going to sort itself out and like chilling about it, just like being normal, it was still there. And it was just like really uncomfortable. I just really didn't like the feeling. And um, there was a part of me that felt slightly like, oh, like, oh, I don't want to have to do something to like lose weight. Like, it's just like a pain. And even a part of me that was like, oh, I hope it doesn't get worse. Like this low level stress, nothing major, not like panicked, but it was that feeling that I definitely had felt many times in the past way back when I was like really struggling with weight. Obviously then it was more intense, but it was still something I hadn't felt in a long time because the last few years, mostly my weight is pretty stable quite easily like up, down, minus, let's say like two kilos. So definitely fluctuates, but like nothing major. So this was the first time in a while where I'd felt this. I'd say the last time was in March, 2020. I've talked about that also on the podcast. A similar thing pretty much happened actually. And so at first I was faced with that like immediate feeling of like, oh, stress, you know, I don't like this. What are we gonna do? And then I, I was like, okay, stop, hold on. Take a deep breath. And I had to say this a few times myself, but I was like, what would I say to a client? You know, what are the women in SFL being taught? And let me practice what I preach. So what is that? You know, a big lesson in SFL is keeping that chill attitude. (laughs) It's all chill, you know, reminding yourself that it's going to be ups and downs. Nothing ever stays the same. So even when you're at a weight that you like, it's not always gonna stay the same. When you're at a weight you might not like, it's not gonna stay the same either. Like the only constant in life is change. So let's be resilient to this and not just like crumble at the first feeling of, oh, I'm not comfortable in my body right now. Also remind myself, yeah, this is just, you know, a season in life, it's, it's not gonna last forever. And act from my higher self, my best self, mindset this calm cool collected mindset what would she do and do that like choose the thing you're gonna do what's your game plan are you gonna you know are you gonna accept this new weight are you gonna buy some new jeans if so you're gonna do that and that's it you're not gonna flip-flop you're not gonna change your game plan every day you're not gonna act from this panicked mindset you're not gonna suddenly cut calories like crazy you're not gonna start insulting yourself or excessively body checking you're just gonna choose your game plan what are you gonna do and then just do it so and then obviously the other thing aside from accepting this new bloated or weight gain state another could be okay well look at why you if it is weight gain assess why you think it happened what can we do about it and as I said my hypothesis was that I had been bored of eating a lot. So I was like, you know what, maybe it actually is weight gain, especially because it's on my thighs as well. And I'd probably rather be at the weight that I had been previously that like fits into all my clothes and feels pretty good for me. So I was like, okay, that's gonna be my game plan. I'm gonna do something about this. And I'm what I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose what I'm gonna do. And then I'm just gonna do it. I'm not gonna you know, get impatient and then push things even further the next day because we're not there yet. We're going to know that this is going to take patience and we're going to, you know, keep with it. So I can't remember even what I did for the first week or two. Like I had some sort of a game plan. I can't remember what it was. It was probably like um, less snacks or something. But then 
a few days into that, that's when the no dessert idea came to my mind. And I felt like it would help because one, probably put me in a slight calorie deficit to by eating less of these desserts. And also, yeah, it could assess, it could, um, what's the word? It could address the bloating if this was bloating and not fat, which apparently thinks it was just because it just like my stomach got so much flatter after like seven to 10 days. But um, yeah, I think it was a bit of a mix. And then also I chose the no desserts for 30 days because I thought it might force me to address my boredom eating to be more resilient to that feeling and like address it instead of just always go to get a dessert whenever I feel that feeling. So yeah, I stuck to the game plan and I'm actually pretty proud that I stuck to my word and went through with it. And yeah, so that was one of the kind of noteworthy things that happened this year was that few weeks of just like feeling uncomfortable in my body and coming up with my game plan and just approaching it from a really calm, cool, collected mindset, which yeah, it really worked out in the end, I gotta say. <laughs> and then what else? In terms of body image, another thing that I know used to be an issue for me was holidays, especially if you're going to be in a bikini or like going back to see family and that's just completely different now, just super easy, no stressing before, after, there's no run up like preparing my body to get in a bikini obviously I'm living in Spain so during the long summer the long hot summer there were many times where it was just like the day before we'd be like oh let's go to the beach tomorrow on Saturday and there was no stressed part of me which is pretty cool just continuing to eat and treat my body the same and then moving on to exercise that is something that's definitely constantly evolving for me in terms of what activities I like to do and it's basically usually, I feel like it's almost cyclical, like I go through a phase of going to the gym for a few months and like working on strength and being a bit more structured. And then I cycle through to like class pass stuff, going to different studios, different types of exercise, and then maybe running. So right now I'm in a phase of going to the gym. I hadn't done it really for like two or three years. I'd been doing a lot of class pass. So it's something I'm doing here, mainly because all my class passes, you just have to walk like half an hour to get to them. And it ends up taking like two and a half hours out of my life to go to a studio, like an exercise class. So I got to the point where I was like, you know what, there's a gym, like eight minute walk away. So I'm just going to do that for a while. And yeah, in terms of my approach to exercise, uh, it's really at the moment what I feel like. <laughs> I think what I feel like is going to be a mix of fun, challenge, um, like what's healthy for my body right now and yeah definitely no part of me is like focus on the calories it's burning or anything like that it's just it's definitely coming from like a self-care kind of place which is cool because if you know anything about my story in the past I was definitely in a phase for a long time going to the gym like two hours a day doing an hour of cardio that was so freaking boring and then an hour of a gym class and doing that like five days a week or those other phases where I'd be running long distance training for half marathons and marathons and it was also just boring and pushing my body a bit too much and all of it was really focused on how much weight I can lose so it's just refreshing to be in a completely different state that's just much more joyful and fun and um yeah carefree while also still challenging like I'm 
still pushing my body, but just from a different energy. And then I'd say the last thing with body image is any insecurities that I'm working through. And I know in the last podcast, I was probably talking about small boobs, my small boob insecurity. I know back then it was much bigger. And the update this year with my small babies is definitely seen a lot of improvement. Um, a little bit triggering sometimes in the summer in Spain because there's a lot of like, you know, uh, it's hot. So people are wearing skimpy clothes and it definitely makes me face my trigger of like seeing like big boobs and especially on the beaches, like in bikinis and everyone's like topless on the beach. So it definitely makes, made me face the trigger more. Didn't always succeed every time, but uh, definitely seeing improvement. And I gotta say one tip that I don't even know how I, I think I made this up myself. I can't remember. But a little method that has really helped me in the last, I'd say like three months I've been doing this now. And I don't think I've had any triggering big boob moments, small boob, you know, comparison moments is, and this can also translate to any insecurity on your body or even personality, I'd say, is, and I practice it on social media first. So if I'm like scrolling on TikTok and I see some girl doing her video, whatever the video is, and I notice that she has small boobs, let's say like A cup or smaller. I'm an A cup, a small A cup. So kind of, if it's something similar to mine, I'll be like, just, you know, she's a small titty queen. <laughs> she's a small, small titty queen. Especially if I perceive her as attractive. Like if I think she's like hot or she seems confident or like likable, or it seems like other people think that she's really beautiful or something. Or she just seems, yeah, like confident or cool, something positive, basically. I'll be like, you know, she's that's my small titty queen right there. And it kind of makes me laugh, like it's just like a funny phrase. But it's just this little moment of like changing the neural pathway in my brain. And something that I've heard by neurologists and uh, neuroscientists in TV Magnetic, which is this manifestation school that I do online. You might have heard of it. Um, they're really cool. One thing that they say to change those pathways in your brain, so it's just, you know, you can make something your new normal, especially a belief. One of the important components is emotional intensity. So that's why I really like this method of saying like, oh, small titty queen, and then sort of like smiling or laughing, because it just adds that like emotional element to it. I'm not just robotically being like, yes, she is a small titty queen, or like, oh, that's proof to me that small boob people can be hot or whatever. I just try like add that true, genuine emotional element to it. And also I only say it if I really do feel like they're like hot or cool or confident or whatever. So it's just this mini moment of reinforcement. But when you spend hours on social media, on TikTok like I do, I get a lot of those moments where I get to say small titty queen. And um, it surprisingly has just really worked. So I'm combining consistency, like frequency with the emotional intensity. And yeah, I've been doing that for like the last three months or so. And I feel like so far it's really helped. Obviously in the winter, for me at least, these body insecurities are less triggering because, you know, everyone's just completely covered up and you're not faced with things. But we'll see how it comes, how it goes around uh, when summer shows up see how that works. 
but so far it's done, doing pretty well for me and I feel like by the time summer arrives I'll have been doing this small titty queen exercise for nine months so hopefully by then I'll be feeling much better about things and I'm definitely noticing my thoughts about myself when I see myself in the mirror particularly like my boobs much less critical just much more neutral just accepting it's not a focal point anymore for me so that is the 2022 food and body journey update from me four and a half years into it I hope it's it was helpful or interesting enlightening um eye-opening for you just to see one person's example of how things can progress and also the obstacles that you might or I still face and also how I'm moving through them too and my hopes for 2023 are more regular exercise morning walks getting those morning walks back in because I used to do them like every day in London which I loved just always got me into this amazing mindset for the, for the day and I've just I've slacked on it I've got to say slacked on it since I've come to Barcelona and I think the main thing is because I'm just not too inspired by the walking routes that I can take here compared to London just less of these like big parks with lots of nature but I'll work on it so more regular exercise morning walks normalize getting more veggies in my meals and continue to normalize less refined sugar really focus on doing what I need to do to get more regular healthy periods as someone I'm not sure if you guys know but like I have PCOS or I, I'm managing my PCOS and more varied home-cooked meals we definitely do home-cooked home meals a fair amount but I probably want more of them and also more vari variation we're definitely guilty of, um, what's the word, like using pasta as a crutch because it's just so easy and we just have like, we have a handful of really easy pasta dishes, but I would rather we have more variation. And also I find a lot of our pasta dishes are pretty, almost like too simple. Like it's mostly just like pasta with the sauce. And for me, I'd rather have more diversity, get more ingredients into a meal. And then last thing is work on my sleep quality and quantity. That's definitely something that's been slacking lately. So yeah, those are my hopes. And oh yeah, of course, to keep up with that small titty queen thing. And hopefully let's see what happens in summer 2023 and how I approach that as well. That's it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget, as I said at the start, we've got the sale coming up end of December through to early January. So don't forget to get in on that. It's going to be on my Instagram stories, all the details, and also through email. So that's it. Last podcast episode of 2022 to lots more interesting, informative, educational, fun episodes in 2023. Have an amazing holiday period, festivities, time with your family and friends, and I'll see you next year. And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. It really helps my podcast to grow and reach more women who are struggling as well when you rate and review. So if you got a spare minute, I would appreciate it so much if you could rate and review. And if you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life. Change someone's day, mood, or even their life. Be that person. I know I absolutely love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me she's thinking of me and she wants to help me elevate alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at freewithbreed. 
I'm always open for feedback and let me know what you want me to speak about on the podcast because after all, this podcast is for you. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next time.